Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome back to another episode of You Made Me Watch. We did it two in a row. Woo! Life isn't so crazy that we couldn't record two episodes in a row. Correct. I mean, truth be told, peek behind the curtain, uh, ignore the Wizard of Oz. Uh, we recorded these back to back. We did, yes. Yes. So, uh, that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's the fine. real trick will be will there be an episode next week? <laughs> I hope so. So this week, Allison made me watch Frailty. You made me watch. Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something I didn't like. Next time we'll watch something I like. But I can't believe you made me watch. I did. A thriller that I had never seen before, even though it stars Bill Paxton the late Bill Paxton, late who Bill is Paxton. one of my favorite actors. Yes. This is about a dad who hears voices from God, and he, and uh, with the help of his two young sons, mm -hmm. uh, sets out to destroy demons. Demons. Not kill, not be a serial killer, but destroy demons. Who look like people. Yeah, who look like people. It's uh, set largely in 1979, but then there are also wraparounds to the present, mm -hmm. where it is Matthew McConaughey as one of the brothers confessing to an FBI agent played by Powers Booth, uh, because there is a serial killer going around, yes. and Matthew McConaughey says he knows who it is. It's his brother, and it's sort of... The story slowly unwinds, and uh, it's really, uh, it was really captivating. I knew that there was going to be a twist, mm -hmm. and I had kind of an idea of what the twist was going to be, Yeah, but uh, I did not 100% get it. No. And um, which I really liked. It surprises me. It's written by Brent H Hanley who really only has this and um, a screenplay that's in uh, development, uh, which is an adaptation of a um, Joe R. Lansdale novel, The Bottoms, in development. Mm. So um, I, I'm really surprised that this guy uh, doesn't have a larger filmography because he uh, wrote and directed this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or he wrote this, he didn't direct it. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I mean, this is, this was a good movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm really glad you let me watch it. It has favorable ratings. Um, yeah, this was actually, I think the first time I saw Matthew McConaughey do a dramatic role. 
And uh, so it came out in 2001. And I didn't watch it for probably a few years. I think I watched it maybe four or five years after that. Mm-hmm. But it was still one of the first times I saw Matthew McConaughey uh, do drama. And I was like, oh, yeah, he could totally do drama. So when he did, you know, when he got into more serious acting, doing like Dallas Buyers Club and stuff like that, I was like, oh, he could definitely do it because he can look scary as hell. Because mm-hmm. uh, I felt like he was absolutely creepy in this movie. Oh, yeah. And very menacing. Because essentially what is happening is... He plays it small. Yeah. But Matthew McConaughey seems to just amp it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, it's more like true detective Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, like something's just off, you know, just a little bit. And yeah. it makes you feel uneasy. It isn't yeah. so much that he's menacing. It's just... There's an uneasy feeling about it. Yeah. Him. You're like, there's something about, like, there's something beneath the surface. Yeah. And I'm, I don't like it. Yeah. It, it's weird. It cost, it's estimated that it cost $11 million to make and its gross worldwide was $17 million. So it, you know, just, it wasn't like a flop or anything. No. Like it would have to be $22 million to really make its money back mm-hmm. with the marketing and everything. But it, I, I'm really surprised that. This guy didn't get another uh, any, yeah. an, another movie yet. Yeah, I don't know why it didn't um, do better. I think maybe uh, I don't know. I think maybe it was here. Here's my thought on it: is that I think it was too clever. Um, because I think it's it's kind of a smart movie. Um, and it's also dealing with religion, and I feel like that's always very divisive. Yeah. So I think that uh, because especially they're taking religion and saying that like killing people is okay in the name of religion. No, no, it's k- destroying demons. Destroying not demons. Killing people. Correct. Destroying demons is okay because I mean, really, it 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 looks like it's killing people, but it's destroying demons. So you're watching it and you're like. Okay, it just straight up looks like he's killing people because it's the dad, um, Bill Paxton, who who's doing the killing at first. Ooh. He's trying to teach his kids how to do it, which is insane. <laughs> but, um, you know, then eventually uh, the oldest kid is like, he doesn't believe it. He thinks his dad is killing people. He doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe yeah, it. He thinks his dad is crazy. Yeah. And he kills his dad. The younger brother is like, no, I believe all of this. And he is the one who kind of continues. Yeah, he's saying that he also sees the, the same demons. Thing. Yeah. The demons, yeah. Like he sees them as demons. At some point you kind of realize that the person he's portray- that Matthew McConaughey Let's not spoil anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is one of those that's probably enough twist. about this. Yeah. It okay. it has a twist ending, like I said. Uh, it's pretty obvious that there will be a twist ending. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's hard to guess. Yeah. It, I, I would say I got 80% of the way there. Yeah. You you were pretty close to figuring it yeah. out. Um, but I think the other part of it is like you wouldn't consider that. It seems like a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. Like you, you wouldn't think that that was a clue as to that's what yeah. it is. So there, there are... There are clues. What I liked about this movie is it didn't feel like a total cheat. It felt more like the sixth sense where you could go, 
oh, you know what? There were clues that I could have actually gotten mm-hmm. across the finish line myself. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I really like that. I, I'm still so stunned. You know, I need to look up this guy. Maybe he's just a book author. and Maybe. Um, but yeah, I this this has Stephen King vibes, mm-hmm. but it's unlike Stephen King in that I think he sticks the landing. He sticks the landing very well. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like, um, what's the name of Stephen King's son? Joe Hill? Joe something. I think it is Joe Hill. Which makes me wonder if it's um, wrote Black Phone. Oh, that's right. I always forget that that was Stephen King's son, wrote Black Phone. Yeah, Joe Hill. Okay. Which is funny because his born name is Joseph Hillstrom King. So that means his name legally is Joking. Oh, my God. Also, holy shit. I never knew this before. What? Joe Hill, born June 4th, 1972. Oh, my God. A week after Laverne Cox. And... Oh, yeah, that's my birthday. That's your birthday. Yeah. You could have been Stephen King's son. <laughs> um, well, let me explain to you how babies are made. Uh, what? I don't understand. Um, my parents would have had to have been Stephen King and Tabitha King in order what? for me to be. Yeah. No, my parents were Sharon and Ronald Bobbitt. Are you sure? Yes, very oh, much sure. weird. Huh? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand. Oh, well. We'll have to talk about this off mic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We have two children. I really would hope that you would understand how babies are made. Mm, I don't know. My tiny lady brain doesn't understand. You'll have to explain it to me oh, later. I, I didn't realize this was <laughs> that kind of podcast. No. Called Joe Rogan. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know Gross. what that even means. I don't either. I don't know enough about Joe Rogan to know if he's sexist or not. I just assume he is. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this was fun. I'm I'm one surprise I never saw it before. Mm-hmm. And two, really glad that you made me watch it. Good. I'm glad. It yeah. it was one that I remember when I saw it, like I was still like going to church and like was very involved in my church at that time, but was not offended by it at all. Like I I was never one to um like feel like uh <sighs> Anything that had like religious aspects to it was like a direct attack on religion. I was like, it's art. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. So I never got offended by that. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it always surprises me. I I don't think I've ever been able to wrap my mind around the fact that you were as religious as you were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yep, I know. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people get really surprised by that. But you know what? This movie does explain something, though. Like, I always wondered why for the first five years we were together, I would wake up in the middle of the night (laughs) and you were standing over me with the lead pipe saying, I'm going to destroy you, demon. (laughs) No. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, no, 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 no. I'm your boyfriend. And then, yeah. So you haven't done the, the pipe destroy you demon thing to me in a long time that's true yeah 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 we're past that now yeah you've come to peace with demons (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh you're insane how does that not make me cough but merely speaking does sometimes you're just sitting there and you start coughing yeah no shit oh my god 
I base how long I've been sick on pot by listening to podcasts and how many coughs I have to edit out. Like the one I just edited out. Yep. Well, I'm really glad that you liked this movie because this is one that um, I feel like was uh, the early indication that Matthew McConaughey was going to be an amazing actor. Yeah. Because I think um, around this time was when he was doing a lot of like romantic comedies. Yeah, let's see. 2001, what did Matthew McConaughey do on either side of this? Um, I feel like he did like uh like the wedding planner and like uh how to lose a guy in 10 days yeah he did the same year that this came out he did the wedding planner Mm -hmm. you're right but then the next year he also did that reign of fire movie Mm -hmm. that's him and uh christian bale fighting dragons in like army jeeps and shit i i don't know i I never saw it i didn't see that yeah and then he becomes like you know hollywood leading man with uh doing like sahara which was oh, actually really fun. Do you ever see that? I did not like, see that. Steve Zahn is in it. I know Steve Zahn's in it. Yeah, it's actually a fun movie. It's uh, you know, it's not a bad nod to uh, um, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I sort of got that vibe, and I was like, eh. But he had done other like serious roles before this. Like he did Amistad and Contact. Yeah. But I hadn't seen those. <laughs> okay. Because, um, again, I was, you know, I was in high school. Did you know that one of his first movies alongside Renee Zellweger is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation? I did know that. Have you ever seen that? I have not ever seen it, no. If I remember right, he has like a Stone Cold Steve Austin leg brace that has a remote control. And I think at one point in time, Renee Zellweger gets her hands on the remote control. So it's Matthew McConaughey kind of convulsing on the ground like someone is moving his uh, remote yeah. control leg brace. It's actually really funny. It's um, one of the sillier Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Oh, yeah. I heard it's hilarious. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I hadn't seen those other those other films because I was a bit young. Yeah. And I wasn't really interested in I think my whole personality was like romantic comedies when I was like middle school, high school, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what to like. I I think the only thing I really got into, I would get into some horror. Like when Scream came out, I was really into that. Okay. Um. So I liked the Scream movies, and then I sort of started getting into horror again. Brent Hanley is not a like a book author either like it's uh i have no idea well that's too bad because frailty is really really good um bill paxton rest in peace man he's so great in this he's he's really good as like he really sells it as this dad who's like he really loves his children and is really believes what he's telling his children Mm-hmm. Like he feels like he's saving them. He does a very good job because it's basically the the first night that we meet him is when he starts to have his um, communications with the angel. Yes. Yeah. And um, so in just a dinner scene, mm-hmm. he has so much charisma that you believe him as a blue collar loving single father yes he was such a great actor he was he really really was yeah it is 
a shame that we lost him so young. I really think he would have been, you know, he would have continued to bring that talent to the table. Yeah. Um, I wonder if uh, Brent Hanley was like friends with Matthew McConaughey and maybe Matthew McConaughey helped get this script made because mm-hmm. they're both Texas guys and they're both about the same age. And uh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I'm looking up brent hanley's life and not really a whole lot of information i don't know other than he's from dallas so. i don't know is he still alive yeah oh he's born in 1970 so i know but i just mean like you know people born in the 70s aren't allowed to die yet i didn't say that i'm just well, saying like maybe something happened or maybe he's doing something else it came up with Brett Hanley, who's a poet and a writer. Mm. I was like, oh, he's just a poet. God, I remember when we were living in oh. L.I. <laughs> and oh, uh, our friend Laura uh, introduced me to one of our neighbors who uh, she's like, yeah, he's a poet. And I uh, totally went into like Marin mode. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, how's that racket? You know, like, yeah. how's that working out for you and everything? And I didn't know that he was like. Like a Def Jam, um, you know, like, like critically acclaimed tours the world. Yes, beat poet, spoken word, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. How do, how's that working out? Much better than comedy's working out for me. You fucking arrogant dick! Like, ugh. I remember feeling so stupid after that. And, but he was a really cool guy, and that's uh, good. You know, I mean, not cool enough for me to remember his name right now. But obviously, uh, yeah, that's okay. He was better than that one neighbor that we had. Remember the one guy who was like the professional extra. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I played an engineer on the first season of Westworld and you never know if they do another season, then maybe they'll do a, like a whole thing about the engineer and, and that could be my big break. It's like, no, then they're going to cast, cast an actor. An en- yeah. They're going to cast someone. Oh, that was so like, I remember standing there listening to him say that. And I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> I, no. I don't want to make fun of the guy. The guy was a nice guy. He I, was very nice. I was going to go on another thing that he did, but he was a very nice guy. He was very nice, but, you know, it's okay. He, I think he was living his dream. Yeah, he was. Hey, you know what? He lived in a rent-controlled building in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably a guy in his mid-60s right now mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, has made a pretty good run at being a professional extra. Yeah. So... He's he's I mean he got to do Westworld. He's yeah. he's been on can't you know he's been on shows. You've seen his face. Yeah. So that's I mean that's more than I've ever done. I mean it's not like I haven't done extra work, you know. Oh yeah. I I have not done extra work. Um Oh, because you're better than me? No, because I've I <laughs> cuz I I I never tried. Yeah, no, when you moved out to L.A., you uh, registered with a temp company. Mm -hmm. You did two temp jobs. The first one was at the Warner Brothers? Paramount. Paramount Studios uh, for some, like, trade show for camera equipment or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, they hired you because you just have Midwest work ethic. And they were like, what the fuck? Like, they wanted to (laughs) award the best employees with something and then, like... Someone pointed out, oh, Allison's not an employee. She's a temp. And then, like, one of the higher-ups was like, well, 
why the fuck haven't we hired her then? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was like a month in to my, to temping, and they were they. It was like an award that gets passed around. Like you, like if you get it, you give it to someone else. And it was like the first day that they were doing it, and one of the VPs gave it to me, and I was like, "Thank you." This is so awkward because I just started here and I don't really work here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And then when she found that out, she's like, well, then why isn't she hired yet? And then they hired me right after. Oh, Kelly? No, Katie Sprague, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was okay. like, why? Then why doesn't she work here? And they were like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess we'll just, we needed to talk about it. I guess it was something they needed to discuss first. Mm. And they were like, yeah, no, like, she's great. Just hire her. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Well, the movie I'm going to make you watch next week is a movie that's referenced within Frailty. Okay, what's that? Do you have any guesses? No. At the beginning of the movie, when the uh, when we're... In 1979, the two brothers are talking about wanting to go to the movies, and the younger brother wants to go see one movie, but the older brother says, no, he's going to go see something else, and the younger brother's like, you can't see that, it's rated R. Oh, shoot. I remember the one the younger brother wanted to see was Meatballs, but I've already seen that. I can't remember the one that the older brother wanted to see. Next week, we're going to watch a movie where the iconic line is actually from an actor from Detroit, Warriors, oh my come God. out and play. <laughs> oh, no. Warriors, come out and play. Oh, Lord. Here we go. You're going to finally watch Warriors. Okay. <laughs> I know you've been wanting me to watch that for a while. I don't know how you're feeling right now, but it might be time to... Uh, Get yourself uh, an adult beverage and uh, let's uh, pop it on and have a silly good time. All right. Okay. Okay. Thank you for doing the podcast with me. No problem. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, audience. We're very happy to be back. Thank you again to all of our friends who make it possible for us to live. And extra special thank you to you for being so accommodating while i keep you know having to do basically leave you alone with the kids while i run back and forth to hospitals and for being accommodating running to hospitals with me and everything i really lucked out marrying you and i love you very much i love you very much it's not a problem we're a team all right all right warriors okay bye bye